0: This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Brown.
1: Thank you, Bruce Buffer. Here we go. 10 questions. It's not just a conversation, it's a competition. We don't have guests, we have contestants. But today's is going to be incredible. I'm really excited to get to this guy because I think we're going to have a lot in common. Before we bring him in, let's set the ground rules here. You know, everybody gets 10 questions somehow related to their life. They also get a score. They can get a zero, they can get a 10, they can get whatever they want. People ask all the time, what's the highest you've ever gotten? We had an eight. Joel McHale and Patton Oswald. the lowest. Future Hall of Fame receiver Steve Smith Sr. got a three. And before we bring our guy in, let's just set the ground rules. If he gets a question right, he gets to hear an incredible sound that I think this guy's going to hear a lot. If he gets it right, he's going to hear this sound. If he slips up, if he doesn't get it right, he has to hear this sound. letter it rip. I love the competitive juices in these athletes. I can feel it coming through the screen, and we're going to add to that before today's contestant comes in. Let's let him know who he's up against. This is not our first quarterback. This is not our first star. Here are some prior contestants on 10 questions against which today's contestant will be competing against. Let's hear a little roll call.
2: Hello, I'm Brett Favre, and I got seven out of 10. Hey, I'm Kirk Cousins, and I got a five out of 10. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd, and I got a seven out of 10. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got six out of 10.
1: Okay, without further ado, give me my intro music. Today's contestant has seen frozen on ice that's what you need to know about him he also went to college be matriculated with 64 credits he developed from ap classes in high school so he's smart as shit coming out of college going to the nfl he was apparently afraid of snakes he has a clothing line that's incredible called attitude is free amazing gear amazing message we're going to get way way into it He also is the NFL Comeback Player of the Year and a guy I cannot wait to see compete in 10 Questions. Alex Smith, welcome.
2: Oh, thanks for having me, man. Are you ready
1: for this? Do you know what you're in for?
2: Am I getting asked the same questions as all those guys or do I get different questions?
1: Great question. They're all different. They're all catered to you. And I promise you, there comes a moment in every show where you're like, why is he asking me about this ridiculous random thing? Here's what I'll (laughs) promise you. They all have something to do with you. They're all all linked to you somehow. And if you get to that point, Alex, where you're like, I have zero clue. I got nothing. You have a lifeline you could work with one time in 10 questions. And the lifeline is called Ask a Millennial. We have a real living, breathing millennial on standby. (laughs) And when you ask for that, we will bring him in. He's 26 and he's ready to help you. Is that cool? Okay.
2: All right. Yeah, sounds good.
1: I know you're really goal oriented, Alex. Before we start, do you have a goal for this? Do you have a goal for what you want to accomplish here in 10 questions?
2: Oh, God.
1: What's your, I mean, do you want to beat someone? you want to get a certain score? Out of 10, what would be a goal for you?
2: I mean, certainly listening to what uh, Aaron and, and Kirk got. I, you know, let's hopefully I can, you know, those guys see how I measure up against them. Yeah.
1: All right, let's find out. 10 Questions is the only show where Aaron Rodgers is picked before Alex Smith. We, we changed history. Let's get into <laughs> it. 10 Questions with Alex Smith. question number one. Alex, your category for question number one is U.S. presidents. Here we go. The question: Alex Smith, what American president was famously rumored to have wooden teeth?
2: George Washington.
1: That's a quick answer from Smith. That quick release. Is it number one? Is it George Washington?
2: Yeah. All right. What? All right. You want to start not with a goose, completion? Not a goose right. Egg.
1: Yes. Well, move the chains. Um, I'm asking you about Washington. It's an obvious connection to what we saw you do over the last year. I think there should be a movie about the 2020 Washington football team. You're recovering from your injury. The head coach is fighting cancer. There's a pandemic. Uh, You don't have a team name. There's an election going on. The franchise quarterback is benched and it all ends with you guys playing a home playoff game against the eventual Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Dude, you've been through a lot. What was this season like?
2: It was, I mean, you said it, 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 there was, there were so many variables going on. I felt like, you know, it started off 2020 with COVID like everybody else. So, you know, we're doing the virtual thing. We have a new coaching staff. So we're installing the playbook over zoom. We don't get to practice all off season. There's no mini camps. There's no OTAs, you know, then we get to training camp and it was like a cram session, um, trying to get as many reps in as we could, you know? And then for me, that's kind of when I, that was my opportunity to try to see if I could even play, you know, I just got clearance. I, you know, I spent the two weeks on pup. I got, you know, got a handful of reps in camp. And before you know it, it was opening day, obviously combine all that, you know, coach obviously at the beginning of the season told us about his diagnosis and treatment and, and his goal. Um, you know, obviously working through that, that whole process, uh, just a wild, wild ride. Obviously the team, the name change on top of it, um, you know, like, and you said it here, here in the DC, and the DM area, area I mean, if maybe live inside the Bellway, uh, politics, you can't, you can't escape politics. And, and obviously with an election year, it was, uh, obviously intense around the country, but especially here. So a lot going on a ton going on. And then for us, you know, not to start off very well at all, you know, it, it certainly dug ourselves a hole. Uh, but the division obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, was what it was. And, and for us to kind of climb out of that and to get on a run in the second half uh it was a ton of fun ton of fun it was it was so cool we got such great guys in the locker room and it was it was uh like I said it was uh, really really enjoyable
1: it looked enjoyable despite the record But everything you guys went through you know Alex I'm listening to you hear hear you say how, that you had a ton of fun and it was really enjoyable there's of course a lot of intrigue about you how are you feeling do you want to play some more football
2: you know what that's I think uh, kind of touching on that, you know, I had no idea how my leg and body would respond to the, you know, the combination of obviously being out for two years and, and obviously the injury and the limb salvage and all the stuff. And, you know, I got to wear a brace to do anything. Um, so I had no idea how I would respond to that, especially the, it's one thing to go out there one day and roll, but could I do it over the course of a season? And that, that I think was the most encouraging thing for me that I, I pounded on my leg every single day, uh, harder than I ever thought I would. And I just, I felt like I got stronger and stronger and stronger. And the more I pushed it, the the more my body responded in my leg for that matter. So I I felt like if anything, it only fueled me even more, uh, that that I can roll and keep going. Obviously uh, it was unfortunate at the end to kind of get the the bone contusion and, and kind of, you know, struggling with that the last couple of weeks, but that for me was completely unrelated, uh, to, to, to obviously my prior injury. And so for me, Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what I can do this off season. I feel like I got a list of things, uh, football wise and just life that I want to go do that I've been wondering about ever since I broke my leg that that I wondered if I'd ever be able to do again. And I want to go chase those down this off season. Obviously I'll, I'll I'll take some time here and and sit down with my wife. She deserves obviously quite a bit of input in this and, and then go from there. So no rush to make that decision. Uh, here like tomorrow but uh just kind of want to get into this offseason and and see where i'm at i still feel like i got a lot of room for growth on the field um you know based off what what happened this last year
1: well we're going to get into it of course because it's fascinating and there's a lot of factors involved not the least of which is your incredible family which i have so much admiration for (laughs) we're going to question two alex you're one for one of course question number two your category is weight room music all right weight room music which as you know is a very specific genre that i know you've been around a lot question number two in 2003 you're in college metallica released their album saint what
0: oh three
1: metallica releases an album the first word is saint s-a-i-n-t And the second word is what? I guarantee this has been played in many weight rooms you've been in. I'm
2: sure I have no idea what this is. Uh, Saint Death.
1: Saint Death. I wish I could give it to you. It's not right. Uh, It's a better title. You know what, Alex? If they had called it Saint Death, it would have been better. It's actually called Saint Anger.
2: Uh Oh. Does that sound right? Does that ring a bell? I mean, I'm sure sure I've heard a bunch of songs. I I can pull out an album name, save my life right now. But all right, it's good. See, this
1: is going to be a wild ride. We're already at (laughs) St. Death through two questions. But I actually asked you for a really serious reason. You won the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award at the NFL Honors. You make this amazing speech. One of the parts in the speech, uh, you referred to a lot of the emotions you felt during the recovery from your compound and spiral fracture. And one of the words you used was anger. Uh, And that's why I bring it to St. Anger. With all of that, Alex, all of the, the months and all of the surgeries, I want to bookend this. What was the low point? What was the scariest point in your recovery?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I look back, my, my recovery really was, had kind of two parts in it. You know, and, and the first part <laughs> was really when I was just kind of a patient and, and I wasn't really doing anything. You know, I spent a month in the hospital, laying in a hospital bed. I couldn't you know, barely get up to go to the bathroom uh, with a ton of help when I, when I got discharged from the hospital, I spent two months in a wheelchair, um, you know, with my leg locked out in a giant metal cage on, on my leg, still having consecutive surgeries and skin grafts and all kinds of stuff. And then I still got, after that, got put into a smaller, uh, halo on my leg. And and at that point I was still crutch. I couldn't put, I couldn't stand on my leg for several months after that. So I felt like at that point I was just this patient and it was just this huge unknown on what I would ever be able to do again and most of the, you know, the opinions out there and the noise I would hear was obviously a lot of doubt. And it certainly that all creeped into my head, uh, what, what I would ever be able to do again. Um, and all those things that, you know, you take for granted, uh, you know, getting for me, even just getting up and going to the bathroom, you know, bathing, showering, like playing with my kids, doing anything with my wife, uh, all those things I just had serious, serious doubts about. And, uh, you know, you can't help but that neg- negative self-talk. You know, you, when you're just sitting in a wheelchair, staring out a window, you go, you go down some dark, dark roads in your head. And then for me, it was finally when I did get the green light, obviously several months in to finally start my rehab. And then I felt like it did kind of kick into the second part, which was I, I built up all these walls, wondering about all the things I couldn't do. And then I slowly got to start trying to, to do them you know, and it, and it started with just standing. It started with just putting my foot down. Um, you know, and then it, 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 after a few weeks of that, it went to baby steps. Like literally I just started, you know, baby steps of walking. And, um, for me it flipped and it was so great to, to get into the mentality of, well, I got to start celebrating all the things I could do all over again, you know? And it, like I said, it started with standing and just walking and it just kept going from there. And for me, that mentality flipped and it was so much more about celebrating all the things I could do again. And, uh, what an amazing feeling that was. And, and I think how much I learned through that process and how much I enjoyed living like that, you know, like daily, uh, how much I enjoyed having that kind of mindset and attitude. And so, um, that's when, I mean, to go back, part one was the anger, the, the pity, the, the self doubt, like you know, all those things. And, and I'm thankful that, that for my wife and kids, especially to help me get through all that. And. And it was so nice to, to, like I said, to got to start attacking a lot of that stuff and just living, um, you know, and how much I enjoyed that. So just really trying to keep that keep that rolling every day.
1: You kind of answered it yourself. I was going to bookend it with what was the moment you turned the corner? I will say there's an amazing thing that was captured. Um, You and your wife sat down for 60 minutes in CBS and they captured the first time since the game against the Texans that you got a football in your hand. And it was while you were doing your rehab. What was that like, man?
2: It was, it was, it was crazy. Cause I was still, I couldn't even stand at that point. I was on crutches. I was not weight bearing. And, and so starting to do some kind of early rehab where I was obviously like laying down on a table or I could do some little things. And so I went down, uh, I did a lot of my rehab through uh, the center for the intrepid. It's a military rehab center down in San Antonio where they specialize in, in lower leg injuries and, and limb injuries. And so I really followed a lot of their their protocol to get back because no athlete had kind of been down, down this road. So, uh, they was down there. I went down for a visit, um, gosh, probably you know, four or five months after my, my, my initial break. And like I said, I was still kind of in not a good place mentally. And so I'm down there and, and I'm doing, you know, what I could, a little rehab session, which you can't do much when you can't even stand. And, and sure enough, I'm, I'm down on my knees, you know, doing some stuff and, and, the PT down there, Johnny Owens gets out of football. And the last thing I'm expecting down there at a military center is to see a football. And he throws a football to me, you know, and and asked me to start playing catch. And it was, I didn't even want to think about football. I was so upset. You know, the last thing you 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 know, obviously injuries are a part of football and I get that and I played long enough to understand it, but you never think that your life might be in danger. You never think you might lose your leg. And, uh, and so I was pretty bitter and, and I remember how good it felt just to start playing catch again. You know, I've played catch my whole life. I've played catch since I was a kid, like every kid. And uh, How good it felt to play catch again, you know, to throw a football. It was very cathartic for me and, and, and certainly helped plant the seed for me to start thinking about football again, yeah. to incorporate it in my rehab because how much I enjoyed. I enjoyed rehab when I had a football in my hands. So, sure. uh, yeah, was, I'm was, i so thankful for, for them for that and, and, and planting that seed.
1: It was really cool to see. It was like a, a night given back his sword you know like you (laughs) control the trade it was really cool and i want to keep talking about this and we will alex we're just beholden to our uh, our format here so i'm going to advance the same topic but a new question you're one for two heading off question number three your category is literature and i want to remind you alex not only do you have the lifeline but also all of these answers are going to somehow apply to you so if you blank think of that literature what is the main character's name in jane austen's pride and prejudice
2: God, I mean, Definitely I can't. There's no English way. I, there's no way I could ask a millennial a Jane <laughs> Austen question. Is it the boy or the girl?
1: The female lead in Pride and Prejudice, the lead character. And as I'll remind you again, it's something that is uh, very particular to your life.
2: Darcy is Darcy the boy?
1: Mister Darcy uh, is the boy. Yes, is the boy. Uh, We're gonna get this, Alex. We're on the right track.
2: So I mean, Mr. Darcy's the uh, boy. There's also Emma, but Emma's not the name of the girl in Pride and Prejudice. It's a separate book. Emma's, is a, it? Different
1: book. Emma's okay. a different book.
2: Emma's um, a different book.
1: So we got this. Darcy's the boy. Who does it? Darcy fall in love with at the end of
2: Elizabeth? it? Elizabeth? It's
0: Elizabeth! Yes! We got it. Woo! Appreciate
2: I knew the I could guidance. have that feel. <laughs> Felt good. I was not feeling good about that when you asked it.
1: Yeah. And the the millennial would not have offered shit there. So we didn't have an option. You're two out of three. Elizabeth, I ask, of course, because that is your wife's name. Liz, Alex, I've done a lot of research for this. I've I've followed your whole career. I have to say my biggest takeaway from all of the research I've done leading up to this is that your wife is incredible and uh, inspiring. Uh, I'm going to try to relate to you. And for people listening, a couple of years ago, I ruptured my Achilles and nowhere near the severity of your injury. But I know what it's like to not be able to do any of your duties and uh, you can't take out the garbage. You can't carry yeah. in the groceries. Yeah. I'll be candid with you. You can't have sex. You can't do a lot of <laughs> the things you're supposed to do as a husband and as a father. And it's yeah. really hard and stressful. How did you and your incredible wife get through this?
0: You
2: know, I, I mean, I didn't do a lot, especially early on, like you're talking about when I was stuck in the hospital and we have three kids and the household yeah. going on and they got school and activities and, we, it was so important that, for us to try to keep things as normal as possible for them. You know, my wife spent every single night, but one in the hospital with me through all of that. You know, obviously we're thankful for the ex- extended family and friends that, that helped us out through that time. But when I came home, man, we had a, we had a, the, the wheelchair van rented. She had put ramps all through our house so I could get, get around. She had like, I mean, she had decked out the house so I could, I could get where I needed to go. Um, I mean, she was, I had a pick line going to my heart. She was in, doing my push IVs twice a day. I had five other shots I had to get and medications I was on. So not only was I completely helpless and like good for nothing, but I was a huge drain on a household. Um, and so for her to juggle all those things and she didn't blink, it was, she wasn't even phased, you know? And then I, I think for me, even more importantly, when I did get to start doing some of my rehab, how much she helped me celebrate all those little victories along the way, you know, as I like little milestones that she would make a big deal out of, you know, her and the kids and and how much that helped me celebrate those things um, as I was doing it. Cause it was, it was kind of a slog for a while, you know, as I was slogging through some of those things, it was slow moving. And she was so great helping me kind of put a lot of those in perspective, those little milestones, you know, and then the big one at the end, when I, this last summer, when I, I, I did finally get clearance to uh to play that i never thought we probably both never thought we'd hear the words that my bone would be healthy enough and so we we finally i got a bunch of imaging done on my leg and sure enough all the doctors got together and said you're good to go i mean you can you can go play football if you want and go do whatever you want and it was such a relief after almost two years of of you know crazy setbacks and things along the way that that we finally heard those and same thing when it came to time to talk about football again and playing again. As scary as it was, I mean, it was scary to think about that, uh, to to go back and cross those lines and get tackled again and to put yourself out there after everything we had been through. And same thing. She didn't blink. You know, I, I, we had a, obviously a very just her and her and I an intimate conversation about what do we really want to do. Or this is here in front of us now. It's not just talk. And uh, same thing. Didn't blink that, that if I wanted it, and in fact, you know, felt like I needed to do it. And so uh, to have that kind of support. Throughout the process, obviously, I, it's it's step to put into words. How lucky I am uh, to have her! So extremely grateful.
1: What a cool lady, man! I, I I try to tell my little brother and people the most important decision you make in life is who you marry. I, I really, it's an, it's incredibly. And you obviously married somebody miraculous. Her attitude is that, incredible, and as we know, Alex, attitude is free.
2: You don't you don't right. have
1: to pay for it. Is that the kind of things that goes into all this? Attitude is free stuff. Tell
2: us about it. Absolutely. I think just how important mindset is, you know, you hear a lot of times you, especially in football world, we, hey, we talk about control, what you can control and, and and a lot of these things to to try to like live by and work by. But uh, all that, I think for me, is encompassed in attitude and mindset, you know, and every single day you wake up, I don't care who you are, what, how much money you have in your pocket, what you're doing for a living. Um, I mean, that's the number one thing I think that we do control is certainly our outlook on life. And as things come at us, how we, how we face them, you know, how we take them on, uh, our perspective. And so, uh, I think through everything I've learned through, not just my life, but certainly my career, especially early on in my career, a lot of the bumps in the roads is I struggled to deal with expectations and anxiety and, and trying to please people, you know, uh, being a top pick and, and it was a rough road for me. And, and then especially through the injury, like I said, when I, you do have a lot of those dark days and doubt and um, for me now, just to to try to keep that perspective, and certainly being honest about it, you know, uh, honest and open about struggles that I've had uh, throughout my career and and through this this recovery process, and and I think there's no better way than sporting on a on a shirt or a hat. And, and for me, it's not so much about helping people even that may see it, but every time I look in the mirror to like live up to that, you know, that that yeah. it is a bit of a challenge to live up to it that day. So yeah, I love what it's about, and 100 of the proceeds go down to the center. The military center down in san antonio that that helped me so much through my rehab so uh a little way to give back so it, cool all the way around
1: it's really cool and the gear is also really good like i got my own shirt here i've seen a lot of gear some of it is is pretty crappy your stuff is first class it looks cool attitude is free.com follow attitude is free on all the social channels i want to get some of that stuff i'm gonna wear it in the next show it'll, it'll, it'll be coming series. i got you oh yeah my man all right and you know what? You know when it's important to have a good attitude? When you get a Pride and Prejudice question and you're like, I don't know. That's but right. he kept the attitude. He got it. And he's two out of three. As we go to question four, you're going to love this category. Alex, this, is, this category for question four is name the movie. I'm going to play a clip from a movie that I'm sure you've seen. It's going to be about 20 seconds long. Just listen to the clip and tell me the name of the movie. It's that simple. Alex Smith, name the movie.
2: Where is she? She's still in the house? What is wrong with you? What do you mean what's wrong with? What's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? You're projecting. Drop it. You drop it. You stop projecting on me. Why don't you go enjoy yourself while I go ice my balls and spit up blood? Drop it. Team player. What do you got? Oh, it's Wedding Crashers.
1: It is Wedding Crashers. Yeah, that got, was easy.
2: Love that movie.
1: Simp, the second you heard it, you knew. It was Vince and Owen. It's easy. Vince, yeah,
2: yeah. That right. was like, was it, is it Wedding Crashers or is it old school? That was kind of my...
1: It does get confusing because you hear Vince and you're yeah. like, oh shit. And then shit, the older brothers sound
2: the same. I mean, exactly. Both brothers, Owen sorry. Owen and
1: Owen, the both of them sound the like, will, wow. Yeah. They're saying the same <laughs> shit. You're punking this thing. You're making this easy too. Why am I asking you about Wedding crashes? Wedding crashes came out in 05. So did you. Um, right, yep. Let me ask you this question. Alex, I've worked in NFL media for a long time. Do you ever get sick? Of every damn time the draft comes up, it has to always be about Rodgers. Like, it's constantly about Rodgers. Is there ever a party that says, hold on a second, I was the number one pick, I'm in this thing a decade and a half, it's not the Aaron damn Rodgers draft, this was my draft, they could have had anybody they wanted and chose me. Do you ever feel that way? Because I do.
2: You know, I I obviously, I think a lot gets made up of that because Aaron's a Hall Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and... You know what was it? Twenty fourteen. I mean, practically the whole league passed on him. You know, and, and I and I mm-hmm. think, I and I get that. I, I definitely understand that. You know, the funny thing was that all of us, a lot of us, were in the same boat that year. You know, Aaron and I decided to come out early. We we're so like both. You know, both had like one scholarship offer. Uh, you know, to go play Division One ball, and I think we all kind of got told. You know, we were hey, we we're going to be kind of mid late first rounders. You know, and that the senior class that year kind of ended up being as far as quarterbacks go, there were, there weren't a ton of top talent. I think Jason Campbell was the top guy to go that year as a senior. So we're kind of like duking it out, you know? And, and for me, when I was 20 years old, I I was out of college two and a half years at that point. Uh, You know, and then it's so funny. I think that you do go down your different paths that like for me to go to the Niners with the first pick, you go to the team with the worst record you know, and then there was a ton of turnover and I played right away. And it, I certainly looking back, I took my lumps early and you just never know. I mean, it's such a marriage of so many things, uh, that, that go into that, that process, um, as a draftee, I mean, you have no say over it, you know, and, and certainly obviously Aaron went to a very different organ, different organization, a different, uh, you know, spot, obviously sitting behind Brett for a couple of years and then playing. So who knows what would have happened? Um, you know, obviously, we, we all have our own past. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it – to me, I guess I look at it as obviously a, a big blunder, certainly, that most of the league passed on Aaron um, at that point. Uh, you know, who knows what would have happened if, if things went differently.
1: I just think it's – it doesn't it's not against the law to re- reference that draft without saying that Aaron Rodgers fell <laughs> to 24. All right? I love Rodgers. He's been on the show. You were the number one pick. And you know what? Personally, I think it's the Braylon Edwards draft. But we'll move on because Alex Smith is punking the game. He's three out of four. We get to question number five here. We're halfway home. There's there's chatter right now in the clubhouse of 10 questions, Alex, that you could be in the middle of a really special round. Our all-time record is it's 8 early. out of 10. It is. And here we go. I This is not exactly wheelhouse for you. You are not a guy who does social media or any of that. And yet, question number five, your category is the internet. Here we go. Alex Smith, to go to four out of five. What crowdsourced online dictionary for slang words and phrases was found in 1999?
2: One more time, please.
1: Yes. What crowdsourced online dictionary for slang words and phrases was founded in 1999?
2: Yeah, I mean, is it urban dictionary i might go to the millennial here. Is the millennial ready you want
1: to go to the millennial lifeline
2: i mean we're talking about the internet i'm i'm assuming he i mean i might as well yeah bring him in
1: ask the millennial get him in here now alex this is richie bozek he's the 26 year old white heterosexual in california richie say hello to alex smith
2: how's it going alex should i get this richie what's up man Nothing all much. right, I
1: want everybody to know that, Alex, you should know that Richie badly blundered Brett Favre's appearance last week. He totally screwed him over. Let's go, it was Richie. A full- <laughs> I,
2: I believe in you. All right. You Thank guys you. have 30
1: seconds. Richie and Alex, talk through the crowdsourced online dictionary for slang words and phrases. Go.
2: Alex, I think you got it right.
1: I'm going Urban what Dictionary, too. Ur-
2: all right. Okay, that's that's all, all I got. I want yeah. Let's roll with it. Let's go with our instincts.
1: You guys, look Urban at the dictionary. dictionary. All right. That was fast work from our millennial and our number one overall pick. Is it, is it Urban Dictionary? It is. Alex, you want to yes, thank? Yeah.
2: Nice. I got you, Alex. Okay. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you, Richie. All Richard. right, get out of
1: here, Millennium. Go invent an app and vape and go to Dubstep and all that stuff. All right. It is the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> this is why I ask. Urban is back in the NFL. Your college coach.
2: I get it. Yep.
1: Your college coach, Urban Meyer, has the number one overall pick. And yeah. everybody is making this conclusion is going to take this incredible quarterback, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Here's my yeah. question to you. If you were to sit down to have lunch with Trevor Lawrence, just the two of you, nobody's around, nobody's listening. And you had an hour to be like, Trevor, here's what is awaiting you with Urban Meyer. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you better be ready for. How would you advise them?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think I'd say a little bit, obviously like coach Myers, I think the number one thing is he is crazy, crazy competitive. He is, he is competitive in everything. Um, and I think that's contagious. And I think he also is a, I mean, everything that he preached and taught and instilled in us was all selflessness. It was about, you know, the team is bigger than any one of us. Um, you know, we all give it up for the guy next to us. Um, it's about, that's what team sports is about and being accountable. And I think that, I think that's what he always kind of wondered if that would, could that work at the pro level? Because obviously here you throw in contracts, and you know guys obviously worried about their own careers, and um, you know you're dealing with 22 year olds to you know 40 year olds in some cases. So how does that all intermix? Um, I think that's something I know I love. I love playing like that. I love not worrying about the other stuff. I, you know, when you're consumed and worried about playing for your teammates, that's what you should be worried about. And so. Um, I tell him that, I mean, he's intense. He, he, you know, he's not afraid of confrontation. He's not afraid. He's not going to beat around the bush. A lot of times, he's going to tell you the way it is. Uh, he's going to confront you sometimes, but uh, I, from afar, I think that's something Trevor, I'm sure, uh, is, has been around and, and certainly looks like he, he's a competitive dude as well. So, uh, I, 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 probably, I would tell him to be excited. I mean, how could you not be excited? I think he, he's going to do everything he can. He's an offensive head coach he's going to do everything he can to put you in a good situation to go out there and succeed. So, uh, he's one of those guys that coach Myers, is one of those guys that as much as you put in, you're going to get out of it. You know, that, that if you, uh, if you give it up for the team, I mean, he's, he's going to love you till you die.
1: And there's still more chatter in the 10 questions clubhouse as we make the turn with a four out of five. It, you have a sterling score going D- a great <laughs> round. And here we go. The next category makes me laugh. And I think it will you too. It's something you and I have in common Question number six for Alex Smith. Your category is children's jokes. All right. I know you have two boys. You have a girl. Are they ever trying out jokes on you?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Can you finish this first ballot Hall of Fame children's joke? Yeah. Alex Smith, your question. Why did the football coach go to the bank?
2: They get a quarterback.
1: Say it again.
2: To get a quarterback,
1: (laughs) that's right. To get a quarterback, and we might have history. Five out of six, you just tied Kirk Cousins at five points. You did it in ten. Of course, to get a quarterback, Alex, indulge me here. It's 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 quarterback talk. You you've been in this fraternity for years now. I want to do a quick round robin. I'm going to name a veteran quarterback like yourself. Give me an impression of him. A sentence. An anecdote. Anything off the field. Here we go. First up, Drew Brees.
2: Oh yeah. Drew's like when I have trained several times with Drew and he's invited me to come up, especially cause I was from San Diego. So yeah. uh, he was down there training when he was with the chargers. And even when he went to the saints, he'd come back in the off season. And Drew's one of these guys that like, I mean, it would be April and we'd be, you know, like just, just getting ready for, for, to right. go off to our own ways and kind of obviously trying to get a lift in or go throw. And I mean, you, you name the drill. Drew is like, he has to win it. You know, like it, it's an end all for him. It's just the way he rolls His the way he's wired. Um, you know, and, and obviously you can see how that translates to the field. So that's always my impression of Drew. It's like, uh, you know, hyper, hyper competitive.
1: I get competitive against Breeze. I'll tell you why. He does this thing on social media that I feel like is dunking on the rest of the dads. He somehow can get his children to sit and like watch these classic sports movies. He'll be like, Movie night at The Breeze, we watched uh Hoosiers or, like, Rocky <laughs> 1. Like, those are yeah. slow-ass movies for yeah, my yeah. kids.
2: I can't do that. Can yeah. you? No, no, my kids are not watching any of those.
1: No. I mean, Rocky no. 1 is slow for adults. You know? yeah. <laughs> it ain't even Drago. All right, next, Um, who should I pick? How about Philip Rivers?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean i love Phillip rivers i i'm a huge huge fan of the person the player like everything about him he's so i mean on the field he's so feisty and the dagnamits and the you know like the the clean cussing uh like how much he loves playing ball yeah. you know he loves talking trash he loves competing i think he is a i think he's a baller like i think he like did so much sometimes like some of the pockets he would throw from sometimes and the mm-hmm. throws he would make were so unreal. I felt like he was the only guy sometimes being able to make those. Uh, and he's an even better dude off the field. Got a great sense of humor. Uh, great story, storyteller. So huge, huge Phillip fan. Going to miss him now that he's gone, but he's got like 12 kids that he's got to go uh, take care of. So
1: Can you even begin to imagine? I mean, I know it's been talked about a lot. You have three. I got two. Can you can you begin to imagine like eight, let alone twelve?
2: No, no. <laughs> I think his oldest, uh, the Pro Bowl one year with him, he he had to fly back really quick, uh, because his oldest daughter. It was like the father daughter like dance at their school, but she's in high school, so like he had to like <laughs> take her like not chaperone or whatever, but like take her to the dance. It was like some customary thing. At the same time, I think he had just had a newborn. <laughs> so he's got like a, he's got his daughter who I think yeah. was like a, a, I don't know, like a junior in high school and he had a brand new newborn. I couldn't imagine the spectrum. I mean, I guess you got built in babysitters yeah. as an advantage, but Holy smokes.
1: Yeah. And I don't even know if he's done. <laughs> <Like> that, that <laughs> might be it. He's retiring from football, but not from the procreation. We don't know. Yeah, he's
2: got more time on his hands.
1: Yeah. Maybe he's about to like get five more. We don't even know, but we know this. Alex Smith is cruising into question seven. If you get this right, you will tie Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, and Aaron Rodgers. Question yeah. seven for Alex Smith, whose attitude is free, .com. You should go visit right now because the gear is incredible and so is the cause. Category for question seven. 90s NFL. All right, I'm going to personalize this. Listen to this question. What Chicago Bears quarterback spoke at my junior high school in 1991?
2: It's, it's got to be Jim Harbaugh.
1: It's got to be Jim Harbaugh.
2: It's got to be Jim Harbaugh, right? 90s
1: football. Come on. You're confident. He says Jim Harbaugh. Is it damn Jim Harbaugh? Of course it is. On fire. Nothing. This is you're doing seven on seven right now. and The ball's not hitting the ground. It it is incredible. Uh, Of course it's Jim Harbaugh. I was in sixth grade in Chicago suburbs, really close to the Bears. Uh, He comes by to speak. And I remember thinking that he was a crazy person. Like, it was very entertaining and very charismatic. He told this story to a a room full of junior high kids, Alex. And I know he's told it elsewhere. But he was teaching us how to take a snap from center. And he goes, what you really want to do is you want to see this knuckle right here. You want to take this knuckle and you want to put it right on his butthole. And we all laughed. And we're like, the the principals are looking around being like, we might have to give this guy the shepherd's hook off the stage. And, And I just think he was that, he ran that hot. And he had that sort of maniacal energy. That is my craziest Jim Harbaugh story. What is yours?
2: I, I've heard him give that coaching point, by the way. <laughs> uh, two professional quarterbacks. I've still heard him give that coaching point. Yeah. I think you said it. Like Coach Harbaugh is one of a kind. Uh, I think, you know, yeah, part brilliant, part crazy. Uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think from it was, it was headed right into the lockout. I basically was really wondering if my time was done at San Francisco at that point. And we, they just hired Jim and I was kind of, we were expecting our, our, our first child. So I was kind of there just still getting a workout in before the March date when my contract expired. And so I'm kind of in getting a workout, trying to just kind of get in and out of the building. And I run into Jim. I hadn't met him at all before. And he starts like talking to me. And, and the first thing he's like, Hey, put, put up your hand. You know, and, and so I like, I'm like, all right. And I, I put up my hand and he, he puts up his hand next to mine, you know, and he's comparing hand sizes and he's like, all right, all right. You know, he's like checking out my hand size and he's like, Hey, you want to go play catch? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Sure. I got, you know, I got nothing to lose at that point. You know, I'm like, whatever. So yeah, we go get a ball. You know, he ta- he's got this pinky. If you ever see his throwing hand, he got, he heard it playing. So it's like a, it's messed up pinky bent, like with the different way. So he tapes it up. I was like his normal deal. We go out and he starts playing catch, you know, he starts lacing them at me and, and throwing, we start throwing harder. We start doing like throwing competitions, just him versus me. You know, we're throwing a goalposts and we're moving around the field, doing all these different things. And that kind of became a routine. Like every day I'd come in like the next day, I'd get my lift in. And be like, I'd see him in the hallway or something. Hey, do you want to go play catch again? And we'd go out and play catch and kind of same kind of thing. Like the next day you'd have some different game or different thing. Hey, try this, you know? And we did that for a few weeks and that like led, led into Megan, you know, signed back and, and the contract there. Uh, and so every day was like that it was, with coach. And it was almost a, a refreshing in a sense that you never knew what you were going to get. There was never a dull moment. He always thought outside the box. Uh, he, it, you know, there was never a guy like him. He wasn't throwing out cliches that you had heard a hundred times. Um, it was always a different, different perspective with, with Jim. And I appreciated that. Uh, but you said it, I mean, it was like that. I, like I said, every day, every single day, he'd, he'd have something wild or crazy and catch you off guard. But, uh, I certainly appreciated it. And I think the thing I learned the most too, was coach didn't care about what other people thought, you know, a whole lot, you know, he was going to be himself. He was definitely comfortable with who he was. And, and for me at that time, it was uh, a great example for me. Cause like I said, early on in my career, I think I spent too much time worrying about what other people thought, mm. um, as a high, dra- you know, draft pick. And I was so worried about me justifying that and it was a, it was a good example for me to you know it's nice to have that mentality not really caring all the time about what, what other people are thinking so
1: that's a frozen moment when you walk up to the brand new head coach and the first thing he says to you is let me see your hands that's like <laughs> this is going to be different <laughs> We're yeah. for <laughs> that's crazy you know the funny thing is that i'll come bring it all together with you the biggest challenge that jim harbaugh's had it was that he kept getting his doors blown off by urban meyer i mean like that was the problem yeah. and i know he's still yeah. trying to write that ship in michigan there's no ship to be written for you my friend you only have three questions left you are flirting with the all-time high 10 question score let's get into all it right, michael Irvin right. and brett Favre got a 7 out of 10 you can tie them if you get this right and this is the listeners and viewers favorite category every single episode alex this category is finish the lyric I'm going to play for you a popular piece of music. You're going to hear the singer. He's going to be doing his thing. And it's going to stop on a dime. When it stops, you must finish the lyric. Are you ready?
2: Yeah. Here we
1: go. Alex Smith, finish the lyric.
2: Take me home tonight. (laughs) Any Money. It
1: is any Money and your money. This this game is too easy
2: for you, isn't it? No, no, not at all. (laughs) I was (laughs) was terrified right there, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you nailed it. Take me home tonight. You are seven out of eight. Um, The only time I've rattled you the whole time was the Pride and Prejudice question, which we talked through. I just want everyone listening to know he has two questions left. Our all-time highest score is eight. He could break it. Why the hell am I asking you about any money? You think it's going to be about, I'm going to ask you about money that you've made. I'm not. It's take me home tonight. Here's how much I respect you, Alex. I've waited till the eighth question to ask you about Patrick Mahomes. The eighth.
2: Oh, all right. Kay. And I know Here typically
1: most people wait till the second, but yeah. take me home, Mahomes. We Got know it. how the story went. You're the Chiefs quarterback. They draft Mahomes. You play with him for a year. You leave. He takes over. Do you remember a moment when you knew that this was not just another rookie that Patrick Mahomes is different
2: I don't know about one moment I think certainly from a, just a football perspective yeah like I I think towards the end of that year we were together when he was doing scout team and rolling and you know we had a good defense and uh we were a good team and you know towards the end of that year he started doing a lot you could tell he had started to like really settle in with the pro game and and was really getting comfortable and confident, uh, seeing things and making throws. And he, he would start doing the no look stuff. Then at practice as a rookie, you know, he would no look slants and no look balls in there. And it was like, uh, and he would hit them and it would, he hit them a lot. You know, it wasn't like he was like some fluke thing. Um, and I think you could just see the game slow down for him. And he had such good vision. Uh, that, that when I, uh, you could tell he was, he was gonna, he had it, he had it, you know, and it's, it's, it's that thing you always wonder about when you, any football player, but especially quarterbacks, right? We have all the measurables, height, weight, forties, arm strength, all these things, accuracy. And I really ultimately just kind of comes down to when the bullets are flying, can you process, can you make the throws, can you, you know, all those things. And that's kind of it. And you could tell he had it. I think on top of all that though, uh, I mean, he's a guy that like every single day showed up early. He was hungry, like soaked up everything. Great dude, competitive love, like love coming to work. He loved. he's a ball guy. Like there were guys I felt like that there's a lot of guys that try to play football because I think it's a means to the limelight for him. You know, like they think they get famous through football. And then there's also guys that are just really good at football and love football and are therefore famous. And like, that's Patrick. Patrick is like loves, loves sports, loves football loves competing and he's so good at it that like as a byproduct, he's obviously uh you know famous and and there's a lot of guys in this league that are that are in it for the other reasons you know and and uh i think that's and he's still the same he's just such, like such a good dude good kid uh, i think he's got a great head on his shoulders. so i think all those things combined are, are uh like sum up sum up patrick but certainly the end of that year at practice you could continually see him make throws that were like that was pretty sweet. You know, he'd make these sweet plays and practice all the time. So yeah, that's kind of my, I guess, my thoughts.
1: I imagine you're on the practice field and you know, you're years and years into this great career and you've accomplished a lot and you're running practice and you're there with the ones and everyone's like, dude, are you seeing what this rookie's doing with the scout team? He's throwing no lookers. Yeah. Are you thinking at that time? Like, I don't know. I mean, we may have to think about the future or either I'm going to have to start doing some no lookers. Cause this kid's crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, we like there were times like, when in practice, we would go, we would like watch some of the clips, you know, from the defensive side, like that practice, like check this throw out. And it was fun. It was fun as a quarterback room. We all like, you know, like pushed each other and we messed with each other so much, but also like obviously give each other props when it's deserved. Um, you know, for me at that point, like I, I felt like I was in such a good place in the sense that I knew, you know, when you're that far into your career, I was into my 13th year. Like you're basically playing when it's a one-year audition at a time. Like if you're not good enough, they're going to go find somewhere else, someone, somewhere else, whether it was through the draft or free agency or, or whatever. So for me, I felt good about it. Like, I just needed to do what I needed to do. I, and, and part of that was not worrying about obviously Pat or anybody else, you know, is I needed to go down my path and, and continue to focus on that. So, um, and, and and it was great. I thought there was such mutual respect um between him and I from the get go. So it, it, it never was awkward. I think it was obviously, how it, how it could be. I mean, everybody's trying to pit us against each other yeah. um, and compare us to one another. But uh, it was obviously refreshing, to, like I said, to, to not go down that path.
1: It takes a certain type of security in yourself and a confidence to do that. We're seeing it now from Aaron Rodgers after they drafted a first rounder. You two yeah. definitely have a lot in common in the way you've dealt with it. What you do not have in common is so far you are much better at this game than Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I I respect him for being our first ever contestant. But we have two questions left, and I want you to get them both right. Because if you do, you'll break the all-time score. You'll be the Uh, guy. uh, No pressure. No pressure, Smith. Here we go. We got to go the length of the field. Question number nine. This one might be tough. Your category is, quote, how young people talk. All right? Category is how young people talk. And here's the good news. It's multiple choice. Your question, added to the end of a proclamation, what phrase means I'm not lying? Is it A, no limit, B, no shot, C, no cap? What phrase means I'm not lying?
2: Uh, no limit, no, what was the second
1: one? No limit, no shot, no cap. And you have no lifeline. This would be the I'm perfect going, time to ask the millennial. Where do you go? I think what I'm going
2: C. I'm going C, I think.
1: Alex Smith, is that your final answer, C?
2: Yeah, yeah, final answer, I think.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> no, it's right. You got it right. It's oh, no cap. Yeah. It's no cap. Yeah. <laughs> Look at All Smith. Right. It's no cap. What? Did you just guess or did it
2: ring a bell? No cap. I, I don't know if I'd say it rang a bell. The other two sounded <laughs> off.
1: Well, it's because they're bullshit and I made them up and it's no cap and you got it and you're at eight out of nine. You've already tied the all time highest score. Uh, We've asked you about everything else, Alex. I'm going to ask you about this. No cap. You, of course, were teammates with Colin Kaepernick.
2: Oh, I get it.
1: Yeah. See, cap. You had a cap in your locker room. What are your memories of him as a teammate? What do you remember?
2: Yeah. Cap, Great dude. Really quiet. You know, when we drafted cap, it was the lockout year. So he came in really hard worker, but we were, we were doing workouts at San Jose state. It was, you know, kind of a few of the guys on offense and and the team. And so cat came out immediately after, uh, he got drafted and was ready to roll and, and just a, a really, really good dude. Same thing. Really respectful. Um, great worker, crazy strong. I mean, he had such a unique set of tools, uh, to be as big and strong and fast and, and as he, as he is, and as he was, um, yeah, and but but it definitely a little quiet, and I think kind of figuring out, uh, you know, just who he was in life and 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 all that going on, and so, but but a, a great teammate, uh, you know, and and so we we worked out a ton that whole year at San Jose State. It was all there, just us, and so obviously spent a lot of time together, and then the two years together once once we started back up, and it was with with Coach Harbaugh. Uh obviously so as he coached us and and same thing. We kinda did, you know, you do everything together as quarterbacks. So every lift, you know, every every workout, every meeting. And so, um, but just a, a guy that worked crazy, crazy hard. And, you know, the run that he went on uh at the end of that last year when we were together and then went to the Super Bowl, I don't know what it was, like eight games the back end of the the season and then the playoffs was so crazy to watch. I mean, it, I, I like truly one of the historic runs in football to see what he was doing. I still, I mean, he still holds records, um, from that, from that time period. So, uh, really special. It's crazy that, that fast forward only a couple of years later after that, that, he was out of the league. I mean, it was hard to, he couldn't even grasp it. Um, you know, and couldn't understand it. He couldn't, he still doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, just a, a good dude. You know, we don't talk a ton anymore, you know, um, you know, just from a distance a little bit now and then, but uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of his. Like I said, I thought he was he's, a, he's a, he obviously crazy talented, but but a really good person. So
1: I'm glad you bring up the football because his football was so electric, and it gets forgotten a lot about in in the politics. 2016, uh, he's with San Francisco. You're with Kansas City. He takes a knee during the anthem, and it's never the same. Do you have memories of him having takes, for lack of a better word? Do you have memories of him being political?
2: No, he wasn't political when we were together. He was really thoughtful and and like I said, Cap was he, he's quiet. So he he's not a guy that, that's talking a ton, but he was he was always very thoughtful um ab- about stuff and you could tell I think he was at a point obviously coming out of college, he's, you know, he's still just trying to figure out who you are, you know, and 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 what's important to you. Um so I didn't necessarily see any of that. Obviously we had our hands full of football and just trying to, you know, win games and yeah. Uh so Never, never saw that side. Um, but like I said, not not necessarily totally shocked by it either. You know, uh, just having having known him, and and uh, like I said, he was he was a thoughtful guy. So it is.
1: You touched on this, and we'll move on to the last question of the day. It's it's a shame that he's not playing professional football because he's so talented. He was a play away from winning the Super Bowl. There's a lot of people really upset about it. How do you feel about it?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's like so tragic looking at it. You know, I think he was ahead of his time, certainly trying to call out, um, certainly social injustice, especially about around, you know, police reform and, uh, I people the, the country wasn't ready, you know, nobody was ready for it. And he's in there trying to tell everybody through a completely peaceful, uh, manner about some of the things going on in this country and that have been going on for a long time. And to see the backlash, uh, that happened. Uh, yeah, it hurts. It hurts looking back at it. it. It was like the country wasn't ready for it. And he suffered the repercussions, you know, with his job and then how brave he was to be able to put his, I mean, he, I mean, he lost his livelihood. Probably one of the guys were like, I felt like the brightest future ahead of him. I mean, there was one point, I think it was like, I don't know if it was Ron Jaworski or, or who was calling him maybe the greatest quarterback ever, you know, from a talent perspective, early on in his career and then to think that it was all gone two years later because of, uh, you know, a peaceful demonstration that he was taking. So, you know, tragic, sad, but obviously he's incredibly brave and, and, and certainly proud of him, uh, to even, to even know him, um, and what he's done. Cause you know, fast forward a few years later, and I think we all were like, you know, he obviously was trying to tell us something and, and, and knew it and, uh, to see what's happened this last year. And hopefully will continue to happen going forward you hope that he'll be a part of the answer and the solution.
1: That's really well said, man. And uh, I'll say it again. Some of the football was really brilliant. I mean, I still think he's running through the night against the Packers. That that was incredible, right? yep, Yep. All right. Last question. I want to properly contextualize this. We have had Academy award winning actors. We've had first ballot hall of famers. We've had, brilliant journalists. They've all competed in 10 questions and none of them have gotten a nine out of 10, which is what Alex Smith can do here with the last question. I'm going to say it again. Please go to attitudeisfree.com. Follow attitude is free on social media. It's everything you want. Cool gear, amazing cause, great person, great family, of the Smiths. And now we will attempt to finish this. Alex, question number 10 is the same category for every contestant. It is the essay portion of this. I know back in yeah. high school, you were doing standardized tests, SATs, SAT2s. There'd always be an essay. The essay I'm going to assign you, have the floor. You can take as long as you want or as short as you want to convince me of this point. If you convince me, and I'm, I I believe your essay is compelling, I will give you the point, thereby breaking the all-time 10 questions record. Here we go.
2: Alex Smith. This sounds a little subjective, by the way, Kyle. Here this
1: a little it's it's entirely subjective all right right. (laughs) and i'm glad it's subjective because you're making this game look too easy i took a little uh walk down memory lane on your wife's instagram which is very wholesome very family oriented my question for your essay is this convince me that no one not in the nfl not in the world does halloween better than the smith family go
2: Oh, that's a bit of self-promotion here. I gotta...
1: <laughs> yes. Take your time. You might be the king.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, Halloween has turned into a very big holiday in my family. Obviously, it's big for all kids, you know, candy and, and dressing up. But somehow this has turned into a, a family affair. Yes. Uh, themed every year. It started with our first son. We just, you know, he we got him a little Superman outfit. And so my wife happened to get a couple of accessories. I ended up putting on this whole, like I think it was captain America outfit. My wife had like a little shirt, you know, like wonder woman or Superwoman, And then it just got, got. it just kept going. It kept going. And we kept like one upping the year prior. And at this point we've set the bar pretty high. I feel like, um, for something that started out pretty innocent. Uh, Yeah, why are we the best? What Um, about the costume you had after the injury?
0: You leaned into the the
2: injury. So, that's funny. That was so after my leg injury, you know, I I obviously, my leg is pretty gnarly looking, you know, it's Frankenstein at this point. And a lot of the world hadn't really seen it and still probably still hasn't. And my wife's like thinking, how can we incorporate this leg, you know, into the Halloween costume? (laughs) And we had all these different ideas. And it just so happened it was the year that the the dumb baby shark song. It was, I mean, like I'm sure you had kids, you heard it. It was like so you know. And it also happened to be the year here in DC that the Nats went on the run. And the Nats had kind of adopted that song as their playoff kind of run. So that was rolling and it was obviously right around Halloween when they were going through their run. Baby sharks. So we went with that. Um kids were my boys were the sharks. We bloodied up my leg. I was like some cheesy uh, tourist snorkeler, you know. Uh, my wife and uh, daughter were both the lifeguards, kind of honing in the whole like Sandlot, uh, you know, what, what's her name? Uh, yeah, it looked great. It, it turned out awesome. I was literally, I didn't do anything on that. They deserve all the credit, but I thought that was probably yeah, our coolest one as far as incorporating the leg into the Halloween and, and getting the full effect.
1: So everyone understands this. Alex Smith, who nearly lost his leg, nearly died from an injury. Then he and his wife decided to make a joke out of that, by which he is having his leg bitten off by his sharks as children. And it was unbelievable. Alex Smith, you're a number one overall pick in the NFL. And you were the number one all-time contestant in 10 questions. You got a nine out of 10. You're All the right. man. How's it feel?
2: It feels amazing, Kyle. I got to say, it feels. <laughs> this feels fantastic. I was pretty scared and nervous when we started this, where this was going to go. And just hoping I didn't come in last. So to be here now feels good. Feels good. Relieved. Uh, I'll be sure to text Aaron when this is over, giving him a hard time.
1: Please do talk crazy shit to him. Cause he only yes. got a six. Uh, I just want to say again, Alex Smith, the coolest guy we've ever had on the show. Nine out of 10. They are now chasing <laughs> you. We have one last bit of business, Alex. I am blown away. You have finished the 10 questions. You've got the nine out of 10. But everybody before they leave does a call out, whereby yeah. you challenge somebody to come and try to take you down. You can challenge the world. It needs to be a public figure, someone you think would work well in this format. Who would you like to call out?
2: Yeah, great question. Does it, necessarily, it doesn't have to be sports related?
1: No, it's just any public figure you want. You could go with a movie star, an, a quarterback, uh, anybody you want. Who we think would be good, and maybe you would get a kick out of watching them try to beat your 9 out of 10
2: um gosh all right um i'll give you a uh maybe the guys from metallica
1: because they're the only question you missed you kind of owe them
2: <laughs> i'll give you a couple here all right what uh, do you got, can okay. i do that yeah yeah of course all right Kay. uh i'm from i'm from san diego so i'm gonna call out phil mickelson i think he'd be kind of fun on the show he's Last a food dude. see if he can see if he can bring it. He's a fellow San Diego product. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he'd be awesome. The other one, I, I don't know if he, he's, he's a tall, it's a tall ass. But I think the uh, the former president, I think Barack Obama would be uh, fantastic. I, I think, call I think him it's out perfectly too.
1: reasonable. Yeah. Yes. All right. So Alex, look at the camera right now and uh, address Phil Mickelson and Barack Obama and issue your challenge to beat your incredible nine out of 10.
2: Yeah, Phil, Phil and... Uh, Mr. President, B.O., I challenge both you guys to bring it and see if you can beat me at 10 questions. I got nine out of 10. let we'll Let's see what you got.
1: Unbelievable. Alex Smith, a revelation. As his attitude is free. Everybody check it out. Get it. Can you please give all of our love to Elizabeth, Liz, your wife, to your children, to everybody? Because, dude, you just made history on the show. Thank you so much, Alex Smith. This has been awesome.
2: Kyle, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it
1: a lot. Anytime. That is 10 questions. I'm a little speechless right now. I feel like Regis, after the first time the guy got the million, I don't even know what to do. You just got a 9 out of 10. Alex Smith, he's incredible. (laughs) We will be back next time. Good luck following that thing, whoever comes after Alex Smith. See you next time on 10 questions. We're out of here. 10 Questions with Kyle Brand is a co production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm.